Welcome to the Brain Food Show. I'm one of your hosts, Simon. Joined with me today, as always, is Davin. After many technical difficulties this morning, we are recording but, live. But better visuals, because we're using nicer cameras now. Uh, you are using nicer cameras. Oh, I not. didn't get mine to work because my yeah. uh, new Algato bit of technology. This was my... Outside of all the trouble we got in with the live streaming this, streaming this morning, my biggest trouble this morning was I couldn't get my computer to update to the latest piece of software, which meant I couldn't download the drivers for the software that can record the live stream from the proper Lumix camera. So I'm back on my old webcam, but it is a good webcam. It's just not, it's just not proper. You should be crystal though. Assuming my internet's good. Yeah, sounds all good. What are we talking about today? We are talking about, uh, what are we talking about? It's, all right, why, why do some countries... Excellent drive? start today. <laughs> why do some countries, people in countries, drive on the right and other people on the left? And then we're uh, also going to have a little, start off with a little quick fact about the Colosseum. And it's uh, actually more about its big brother, the, the much lesser known Circus Maximus. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, that's, that's and a little tangents here and there, but otherwise. Cool. Tell me about the, uh, just let's jump into that quick fact. All right. So the Colosseum, most people know that, and it's pretty massive structure. But it turns out before that, before that, long before that, about, I believe it was about 700 years before that, there was the Circus Maximus, which um, is actually could seat about 250,000 people, which I think uh, when it was built was like a quarter of all the people in Rome could go and see. And that for reference is about four to five times the size of the Colosseum or it, times the size of the, the number of people that could be in the Coliseum. Doesn't a modern stadium seat only like, I saw the biggest stadiums in the world, so like 100,000 people. Yeah, I think so. And then like a typical, like uh, a more typical would be like 40, 50,000 for like baseball or... How did or they those. see anything? Yeah, well, it was kind of a longer structure for like chariot races and stuff. So it was, a, it was less of an, uh, like a circle and more of a, you know, uh, elongated. But yeah, it was built actually all the way back in the 6th century BC. And funny enough, well, not exactly funny, but what people don't know, uh, a lot of people, the Colosseum was actually built in around seven, or around 70 to 80 AD. And there's a reason for this because it followed directly the siege of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Oh, that was hilarious. Out, yeah, it turns <laughs> out they used all the, like the, the goods and like the valuable items and, you know, money and stuff they stole from the Jews to build the Colosseum and... To add insult to injury, they also used, they captured about 100,000 Jewish people to use as slaves, and a lot of them were used to build the Colosseum as well. So that's the thing. But, I love that you started off with, funnily enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I didn't know that at all until I was researching this, and I was like, well, that's fascinating. Why don't people talk about that more? That's kind of interesting. Yeah, so Circus Maximus, though, about 700 years before this, uh, Circus Maximus was built, primarily it was used for the uh, Ludi Romani games. It was basically just the Ro- Roman games. And mm-hmm. uh, these tended to be like a full day event type thing. And it had like chariot racing, gladiatorial displays, like uh, plays and all that sort of stuff. Even religious ceremonies and stuff that people associate with the Colosseum as well. Mm-hmm. Um, feasts. And it, it, at first, these were just held like one or two times a year. But then they became something of a status symbol to like be the host of them. So kind of show your wealth and show the games and everything. And so then they actually became something that happened like once a week at this Circus Maximus, where again, like a quarter of all the Roman people could go there and watch. And this stadium actually stood for about a thousand years. It was used. Uh, It wasn't until the sixth century AD that it finally kind of fell into disrepair and they stopped using it. And a lot of the materials got used for other things. And then um, uh, the area flooded and it got covered. But today you can still go there and there's a park now because it was excavated in the 19th century. And so you can go to the circus park 
there and uh, see concerts and stuff like that. So this oh. thing must have taken up like way more because the Coliseum is pretty big. This thing yeah. took up a lot more like land space or I mean, yeah, you can't yeah, really was, build it, it higher, right? No, because it was more like a lot longer. That was basically how they got all the extra seating and stuff. And it, it evolved over time. Like Caesar, uh, Julius Caesar uh, ended up adding a lot of seats to it. And so like it got bigger over time to to so more people could view things but yeah it feels more like, like a, a racetrack in a way right yeah like, yeah but it, i mean but it was up high like like they had seating stadium seating like that uh, similar to the coliseum and everything yeah um, but if you like look at formula one or whatever they've got that really yeah. long track and then there's like you know the yeah, stands like NAS- around nascar and stuff like that yeah yeah, yeah sure exactly. nascar i know what that is <laughs> yeah yeah I feel like NASCAR is the most American sport in the world. It's like, what do they do? They drive around in circles really fast. They do. What's the point of mostly burning petrol? Well, and it's really like mostly, I think it's kind of like back in the day where like the the world's most popular spectator sport for the longest time was people (laughs) walking. walking. Yeah, And it wasn't wasn't even just like like speed walking. It was just like walking normally for like around in circles for a really long time. And people It was an endurance thing though, right? Yeah, it was endurance, like days on end. Like there was a one that was like a thousand miles in... I don't remember what it was, how many a hours really that the guy time. did. It was a long time he was walking, but yeah, and just taking short breaks to eat and sleep and stuff. But yeah, that was, so that's kind of like NASCAR's like the modern day version of that, but with like flaming wrecks sometimes. That's true. I guess that, yeah. that bit is quite exciting. But then it's like, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not really a, a motor racing fan, but you do watch Formula One and you're like, well, it's quite boring until they yeah. crash but then you're like yeah. but i don't but then i'm like ah oh, but then we're we're are we hoping people crash and then well, i feel bad about myself <laughs> at least formula one they, they they're like weaving in and out and stuff nascar they're literally just turning left you know like <laughs> a not, tesla could do this it's not very exciting but i mean the point i think is really just the same as in the old days the walking was just to have a get togethers where you all get together and like drink and you know have something to watch while you socialize i think is the the main thing but anyways, the Circus Maximus, again, stood for about a thousand years in use. Turns out the Colosseum actually stood until uh, it was used all the way up until the 14th century before an earthquake ended up causing significant damage that nobody felt was worth repairing. And so then they stopped using it. So it, it actually lasted uh, about 500 years more than the Circus Maximus uh, in total because it, I mean, it was about 14 centuries the Colosseum was used for versus a thousand years. It is amazing. I can't really imagine anything we build today that will be around yeah. for well, I mean, they had, they have to maintain it, of course, but yeah, there's, we would just get rid of it and build something new, probably. Yeah. yeah. I, I, have you, did you watch that? It was maybe 10 years ago. There was, I think it was on Discovery Channel and it was called Life After Humans. And it talks about, you know, what would happen if we all just disappeared one day. Yeah. I bet it wouldn't it's, take very long for everything. No, surprisingly to... short time before all yeah. of our stuff is gone. And there was this point, I think, where it got to the stage of the concrete collapsing, where, you know, oh, there was yeah. this big moment where concrete was just, okay. It's been however many hundreds of years. And then it was like, oh, yeah. And then most of it's gone. And then mm-hmm. the plants just grow over it. And it's like, oh, yeah. now you just have to wait for archaeologists. Yeah. yeah. It's depressing. Yeah. Everything they make. And all the digital stuff. Right? You just need like one, uh, what are those things called? That destroy all the electronics. EMPs, right? Yeah. Just yeah, one of those. Electromagnetic poles. Yeah. I was thinking about that, right? Like all of this stuff we make, all these videos we make, just one day, it could all be gone. Well, and just the hard drives they're stored on, they're not exactly durable. Like they're not going to last very long either. So, no, and then we'll all be forgotten. Yeah, inevitably. On that cheery note, what's up next? <laughs> contest winners, which is a cheery Ooh, note. That is a cheery so, note. So, yeah, do you want to explain the contest for people who don't know? Yeah, what we do is if, if you're watching this live, if you're listening to this on podcasts or whatever, is this started as a podcast and 
We wanted to encourage people to leave us reviews because reviews are important in getting this show in the hands of more people. So what we do is uh, every hundred reviews on, I think we use Apple Podcasts as our benchmark. And then we go across all the major platforms like Stitcher and Podcast Addicts and all of these. And then we pick a random winner to win an Amazon gift card. And it's Mm -hmm. the value of the number of reviews we've clocked over. So I think it was $300. Yeah, but we've been we're kind of behind the times, and it's actually the the number of reviews on the U.S. version is what we're using for for a thing because the actual number of reviews is more like I think it was like uh, close to eight hundred or something across wow. all all the platforms and everything. Mostly uh, good. So, yeah, almost <laughs> good. all. It's so, Yeah, so I did tally those up, and so we can announce. So this one was five, no, three hundred. Uh, yes, this one was this one was three hundred. Yeah, three hundred dollars for the first prize, and then the second, the runners up are like what was it, like fifty each that we decided. Sounds good. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, I think we used to do twenty five, but then that feels really low compared to three hundred. <laughs> yeah, it does. And um, so yeah, contest winners. Uh, number one, first place. So you've won a three hundred dollar Amazon gift card. Is Angel Kalina, and I will read your review. I notice all of these are five star reviews, but they don't they have are. to be. Um, no, and one of it was so close. It was one off from one of the rare. Uh, so in the number that I the random number generator, it was just one off from a one star review. And, it, and their review was it's pronounced Vinci. And I wasn't really sure what they were talking about. Oh, yeah, that's because I did a video on Leonardo da Vinci. And I, oh. you know, you have these brain holes, like yeah. certain things you just don't know. The, the one before this was, I, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, was I didn't know how to pronounce Nobel Prize. I thought it was oh, a Nobel yeah, yeah, Prize. Yeah. So I made a, it wasn't even a video, it was like an audio book I did back in the day or something, it was years ago. And I pronounced the whole thing like the Nobel Prize. And then someone was like, it's a, I think it's Nobel. Yeah. And it is because it's named after Alfred Nobel. And I just didn't know this. I, I, I was like, no. Uh, yeah, Da Vinci was my uh, new one. Well, how did you it say was it? Leonardo Da Vinci or Da Vinci. Da Vinci. Oh, that's, you know, close enough. I didn't think it was too bad. Um, no. And also like the other people who listened, who watched the video before it goes out, this was on biographics. They were, you know, they didn't pick up on it. Maybe they're just like, Simon must know. <laughs> um, no, so, they so gave, that was, yeah, that was, so that was embarrassing. Us- he gave us a bad review about something on biographics, but on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a bit of a knob. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he didn't win, so someone else won. But, uh, I, would feel, I would feel aggrieved sending him a $300 yeah. Amazon gift card, so yeah. good. Angel Kalina's review is, I found the YouTube channels first. I subscribed before biographics and started listening recently. I've experienced the episodes in reverse order, recent to older, and I have loved the interesting facts and interspersed casual banter. It's ones I feel like our banter today, my banter has mostly been angry <laughs> from all these technical difficulties. Uh, it's wonderful to put on and do other things, house cleaning, dishes, cross stitch. I guess there's some sort of sewing, etc. Keep it up, guys. You're awesome. Well, you're awesome as well, Andrew Kalina. And get in touch with us. Send yeah. us an email to, you can email me, simon at todayifoundout.com. We'll verify that it was your review. It's quite easy to do. And we'll send that to you. Yeah. And then it, we go, go, can, sorry, go on. Speaking of this review, it's amazing to me whenever we're promoting the podcast, how many people say I don't have time to just sit down and, and listen to the podcast. And I, I like, that's not what you do with podcasts. You go and do stuff. Like she said in this thing, you do like house cleaning dishes. It makes it all more enjoyable. Uh, but so many people are like, I, I can't, I don't listen to podcasts because I don't want to sit there for that long. I, I also find it curious because I listen to far more podcasts than I watch YouTube. 
because you know I go to work, I go home from work, I yeah, yeah, but people have commute dishes. I don't do any cross stitch. Yeah, no, but you know that would be good. But, yeah, yeah. Um, let me just grab those other two people real quick. Uh, so, Swagness S W A G N E S R J Swagness R J. You email me as well, Simon at todayfoundout.com, and we'll sort you out with your twenty, uh, your fifty dollar Amazon gift voucher. Early on, or your local currency. Like, if you are not an American, we did pull these from all of the different stores. So, if you're not an yep. American, let me know and we'll sort it out like the equivalent value. Uh, early on in the podcast, there was a comment about this being Hello Internet done right. And I must say, this is an accurate description. I always look forward to a new episode from you and tell my husband about whatever it is you talked about. As a female listener, hey, female listeners, <laughs> that's two. <laughs> yeah, actually, they're all because Candy Sugar Baby, I assume, is they. Is they also female? How do you know Angel Kalina is? Angel's the dude's name, isn't it? Is it? I was thinking like Kalina. Oh, I'm thinking of like Spanish Angel, which is definitely a dude, uh, but I guess Angel's uh, also a girl's name. It could go either way there. Okay. Um, candy Sugar Baby. Spoiler alert, you're our third winner, Candy Sugar <laughs> Baby. Uh, I always look forward to a new episode. As a female listener, I always look forward to the more macabre. There yep. you go. Thank you. I don't know. I think Hello Internet is done right. I think this is a bit of a different, different show because we cover facts. I was when they first started Hello Internet. I was expecting more like this and then it was something completely different, but it's still good. Or at least I haven't listened to it in a long time, but it was good. I assume I it's still it. good. I assume it's better than it was because you always get better over time. That's true. I, I like to think so. Finally, yeah. Candy Sugar Baby. Uh, I love this podcast. It is my favorite. Hands down. I listen to them almost every morning and find myself re-listening to my favorite episodes. I could give them, if I could give them 10 stars, I would. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, message me. We'll sort you out with uh, your gift vouchers. And the next contest will be, did you like my idea in the side notes there? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, rather okay. than doing this every hundred reviews, because it's, it's time consuming and super expensive. Uh, what we will do is we will just, when we get to a thousand reviews, we will give away a $1,000 Amazon gift voucher to one random reviewer. So leave us a review. If you already left us a review, you're automatically in. So, you know, maybe Angel Kalina could win again. It's extremely unlikely, but possible. So leave us a review. We will give away a big old Amazon gift voucher. Yeah. Podcast hosting's not expensive enough. Speaking of paying our bills. Yeah. <laughs> today's video, I'm still getting used to doing these live reads because normally when we yeah. do them for videos or in podcasts before, I'll screen yeah. them up a few times and I can edit them. But this one's brought to you by Skillshare. You've tried out Skillshare, right? Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. I, I was yep. thinking, sorting this out this morning, I'd like to take a Skillshare course on podcasting. <laughs> and maybe I've made errors by not looking up podcasting on Skillshare. Yeah, I've never looked up podcasting on Skillshare either. I've done, I, the, Spanish, I, I've done the Spanish and some video editing stuff. I did the video editing. I did one on productivity because... I'm not sure how much we're supposed to talk about what they direct us to do, but Skillshare are like, these are some of our more impressive courses, like the ones they oh. do in partnerships with people or whatever. And they were like, can you look at one from this list? And I was like, all right. I mean, normally I feel like I use this. I'll just go in and I'll find something that I'm interested in. So I did mm-hmm. take one from their list from a guy called Thomas Frank, who's this productivity dude. And it's actually pretty cool. Like, I guess it was if they'd selected their best courses for me to look at and recommend, they probably chose the better ones. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I mean, I don't want to say that there's loads of great stuff on there. I think is what my, I'm trying to my, say. My Spanish was, ones were good. I looked at a couple different people. Those were good. And uh, so was the, the video editing one. So. And this, this Thomas Rank one was like really well put together. I feel I'm pretty productive as a person, but I still feel like I read productivity books. I take productivity courses. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, you can always find something. You can always get slightly yeah. better. 
Those are just a few, though. Skillshare's got 30,000 classes. I think even more than 30,000. In fact, my notes in front of me from July say 29,000. But I know that's yeah. changed because I did a yeah. read for the video for, for a video yesterday. It was 30. So they're always adding more. Uh, it's pretty great. You can support this show by supporting Skillshare. Just go to skillshare.com forward slash brain food and get yourself hooked up with a couple of months for free. And after that, it's just $10 a month. So you can continue if you want. No pressure. But I think you'll like it. Let's let's crack on, shall we? What are we? We're talking about people and roads and stuff. Yep. So why do some people like in the UK? Uh, why do you why do you drive on the left there, and why does everyone else drive on the right? So it's the keep left and keep right rules. And so first, where did this start? It turns out the keep left was the historic standard, and it seems to be that the, it seems to be it's not like one hundred percent known, but it seems like the ancient Egyptians did this, the ancient Greeks. And the, the Romans, at least the Romans, there's there's some pretty good evidence that they did, although in, it's in specific locations. So it's, you know, it's not known if it was really everywhere, but presumably if they did it in those locations, it was done elsewhere. So so on that note, on the there's like one of the one of the evidence for the uh, Romans doing it in Swindon, England. Mm -hmm. They actually have this uh, quarry and what they found were the the ruts were deeper on the left side than they were on the right side meaning so when they load up all their stones and stuff in the wagons and they're going away so they were heavier on the one side uh, than coming so they they seem to be using the keep left there this is uh, this is one of those things where i'm just like oh yeah archaeologists are smarter than me because i'd see that evidence <laughs> i'd never put it together <laughs> you know I, I feel like when we do a video and there'll be some like super complex physics concept or whatever and it'll be Oh, and then this, and you know, the time to travel to that other planet and then redshift and all of this. And I'd be like, okay, that is just so far beyond anything I'm capable of that yeah. it's just lost in the ether to me. But then something like this, it's sort yeah. of, I can get my head around it. I can yeah. understand it. And I'd be presented with all the facts and I just know I'd never get there. Yeah. Or even like, even uh, think to, to even think it's, you know, you should pay attention to it sometimes. Like, you know, yeah. Like just be like, oh yeah, deeper ruts and, and like move on. But like, wait a minute, that's evidence that they actually did the keep left. So why did they choose this side? And uh, unsurprisingly, given the fact that we're not sure of a lot, uh, we don't know why they why they chose a side. But there's that doesn't stop people from being uh, speculating various things. So mm -hmm. one of the things it's definitely obviously horseback and wagons would rule the roads. So what they did, everyone else would kind of follow, you know, get out of their way. That sort of thing. So if they're do using the keep left, you're obviously going to be on the right or on the other side coming uh, if you're walking or whatnot. So because most people are right hand dominant. And uh, in fact, I don't know if people know this. Um, so like up to recent times, they used to force kids. Did they do this in the UK to force people to be right handed, even if they were left handed, like in school? Wait, how recently? I don't think I, like, I mean... It's not like, like when I was a kid, it wasn't a thing, but I know when my mom was a kid, she's a lefty and she was forced to be right, a righty in school. So that would have been, you know, sixties. And it stuck. Well, I mean, she's left-handed still, but she can, she could do both. Huh. She, no, I, uh, I, I don't know. I've never asked my parents if they were forced to be right-handed in school. I think they are both right-handed. Oh, uh, so yeah. So maybe they were just like, I've never even noticed. I'll anybody ask. in, anybody in the comments? Have yeah, anything to say? Know. So yeah, so the Romans, they, they definitely did this. They would, they would bind that. They also used to do the thing with the face where they would like, if the nose was like sticking out too much, they would bind the face to try to make it like squashed more and, yeah. uh, and that sort of thing they, to get the perfect nose and stuff like, like that. A... This, this was obviously like the wealthy people would, would more do this, um, which is where we have a lot of evidence of what people did. The poor people, history is kind of silent on a lot of that. 
So, I mean, it still sounds too, too dissimilar to today. It sounds like yeah. Roman plastic yeah. surgery. You didn't yeah. want to cu- get cut open because, you know, massive infection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so what if you're right hand dominant and you're the, the speculation is that if you're coming along the roads are dangerous to travel, you're coming along if you want to draw your sword or something, you want to, you know, if you need to real quick, you want the person on your on your right side, you know, so so you would be on the left on the keep left rule that's one oh right okay now yeah i follow yeah so that's one speculation there's also an interesting thing i don't know if you've ever noticed this i had not before reading this when you mount a bicycle or a motorcycle you do it from the left side like almost everyone does it from the left side and presumably something to do with the way right-handed the way the brain is wired or whatever just yeah because i'm right-legged as well yeah so that's the thing right (laughs) presumably because everyone almost Almost everyone does this, so like this is like a thing. This is why what bike if chains have to, the. If I asked you to stand on one leg, you'd definitely stand on your right leg because I feel you know you'd have better balance and stuff. Or I'm imagining in my mind, like if no, if, I would actually I would go with my left. So maybe that is why because you're more balanced on the left when you're right in the air when you're swinging it over the bike or whatever. Uh, standing <laughs> up, doing it. No, no, right leg is superior for me, but that's because I'm right-handed. Maybe you're just screwed up. But Maybe. I do imagine getting on the bike and I would do it from that side because I want to swing yeah. my right leg over. Yeah, motorcycles the same. That's why they put the that's why they put the chain and the gears on the one on the opposite side. So if you're because you also when you do that, when you dismount, you walk along. Most people would walk along with it on their on their right. Um, that's just like a natural thing people do. And uh, it turns out people also did this on horseback. People even today who mount horses almost always will do it from the left side. And so this is speculated to be perhaps another reason people probably did this back then as well. And so there's a variety of reasons why that might have been you know, nice. So for instance, if, you're, if your horse is actually on the road and you're mounting, you're, you're not going to be on, on like oncoming traffic. So you'd, you'd want to mount on the left side, which would make the left-hand traffic better way to go. There's also like if the road's like a dirt road and it's really muddy, uh, you might be standing off on slightly less trodden ground uh, to, mm-hmm. to mount the horse. That's another speculated advantage there. Also, if you dismount, and much like with bikes, where you're, you'll walk with it on your, your right side, you would then walk with the horse on your right side, which would, if you're uh, if it's left traffic, uh, and you won't have to go around the horse after you dismount to just be off the road and not in an oncoming traffic. I'm afraid to go around horse because it yeah. from the back. I'm, yeah, that's, like, I'm going to walk you get 10 foot away from the back of that horse. <laughs> Yeah, that's another speculated advantage that they might have, uh, why they might have done this. And uh, and yeah, then it, also if you're walking, you have your right dominant hand holding. I don't, did they have reins back then? I don't know if they had reins, but however they held the horses, I don't think the Romans did have reins. They must have had did something they? to control the horse. I thought they did something with the, I don't know. I don't know when reins were invented. Like, I don't know, if I was in the wilderness, right? And they were like, okay, you got a horse. So I've managed somehow to tame this horse. Yeah. I would like put a rope around its neck or something. <laughs> or did they just use their knees and stuff? Because I think like the Persians, I think just did the knee thing. Because they would like the Persian archers. They used to. They definitely used to just do the knees because then they could they could ride and shoot at the same time, kind of standing up. They are actually the ones who invented the uh, the high heeled boot to basically so they could do that without falling out of the horse with their you know. I thought the, the high heeled boot was to lock into the stirrups better. Yeah, exactly. So when they're standing up. So they're not, they can't, they're not using their hands to hold onto the horse so they can kind of grip in without ah. slipping. Cause if you're standing up and you're bouncing up and down and you slip, that's not going to be a good time for you if you're not holding onto the horse and everything. Like if you're, that's true. If that makes sense. And you could control it with the knees. I guess, I guess it's just all a matter of training the horse to learn the signals, right? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the Romans did have reins. I don't know when those were invented, but yeah, we are, we are in wild speculation yeah. territory. <laughs> I'm sure people will, will tell us in comments and stuff. 
but the uh so if it, however you controlled them having your right dominant hand kind of holding mm-hmm. the horse in whatever whatever is controlling maybe even just holding their mane on your right so then you would be out of traffic on the left if you had without having to you know you know if you're doing the left hand gotcha. so that's a that is all speculation ways people have speculated that why they might have chosen this way but whatever whatever the case did and we just speculate on speculation i think we did, <laughs> we did a lot of it. that was good so uh so for whatever worse we we have you know the some of the evidence like we talked about before with like the the tracks and stuff like that but you also have another one in 1300 ad pope boniface the eighth actually decreed that <laughs> that it was boniface <laughs> it would be boniface would it probably be bonif bonif boniface Boniface. No, Boniface, right? Because it would be like Latin. Dude, I don't know. But Boniface sounds best. Because <laughs> bon, I would be the I would be an E sound and the E would be an A, right? And so Fosse, bon, Boniface. That's what I'm gonna go with. Cool. Eighth. Uh whatever. The so the pilgrims, he actually decreed to pilgrims, any pilgrims heading to Rome, they needed to abide by the keep left rule. So this is like a really clear thing. And so, but it is curious why he felt the need to to tell people this. So like maybe not everyone knew this, but of course, commoners and stuff didn't probably didn't have horses and stuff. So maybe they just didn't know the rules of the road. Like people didn't. I got it. Oh, wait, dude, I was right. I was right. Yeah. Boniface. French Boniface. Boniface. But how does <laughs> can't he, believe it's it, Boniface. When it was, or maybe he was, uh, I guess it's a name. So it doesn't necessarily have to follow the conventions <laughs> of Latin, but either way, people didn't like he, he felt the need to, to, decree this so not everyone knew it but people didn't travel a lot so maybe that's why a lot of people didn't know people didn't have horses so maybe they didn't know the rules of the road or whatever uh, but either way he degrees this and so that's uh, clear evidence of this and this seems to be the case like it was most of the western world up until the late 1700s kept with the keep left uh, thing no one no one really did the keep right and so what changed in the in the late uh, 18th century and it turns out america made the change so setting a trend for once I'm I'm holding my tongue here because you know that's the uh, the famous Team <laughs> okay. America thing that I'd say, but I want to monetize this video, so yeah, <laughs> so yeah one totally. of my favorite memes. Well, that, that, I was going to put that in the notes, but then I was like, oh no. Ah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the, the disadvantages of life. Yeah. Uh, so in the late 18th century, obviously, so what what happened here? The, the thought was maybe Americans were just a little bit like the French, who would do the same thing uh, with their revolution. Was uh, so maybe the Americans just didn't want to do anything British related. Why not? So so maybe they were just wanting we're, to cast that you off. You were to amazing. Do. Yeah, and you loved us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's more practically uh, traitors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Totally. So we're practically the change by the people of the young nation uh, seems to be, seems to have started with the the Teamsters in the United States definitely did this. So in America, unlike in a lot of like in teamster? Uh, so they, they rode, drove horses, like teams of horses. That's where the name originally comes oh. from. So lots of horses. And it turns out, so like in London, you have like really narrow streets and stuff. So they didn't have these massive freight wagons that would go through. But in the US, uh, a lot wider roads and people did have these, well, Massive, relatively speaking, relative to the to the narrow ones that were in Europe and whatnot. So the historic ones. So, but in the U.S., they would do these large freight wagons driven by many, many horses, and you would have the the rider. And so it is a rider. Like you think of wagons, you think of a like they have a seat for the wagon driver. But in these ones, these early ones, they didn't have that at all. You actually rode on the horse on a horse, one of the horses in the team. Uh huh. And so if you're right-handed and you're, you got your whip and whatnot and your reins or whatever, you're going to, you're going to want to, you know, to be able to cover all the horses in the, in the long line 
team, you would sit on the rear left. Uh, so similar to like if you're in a right-hand driving um, keep right country, you have the steering wheel on the left of the car. And that is basically to, again, this is uh, speculated why they did this, but it's thought the same reason we do it in cars is just so if you have oncoming traffic, you don't want to run into them. Like that's that's worse than maybe hitting a curb or a building or something on the other side. Uh, you know, if you have like a head-on collision. So you want to make sure, particularly like they were concerned with like the wheels, the little part that sticks out of the wheels. You don't want the wheels to hit uh, if you got passing oncoming traffic. Okay. And so if if you're sitting on the rear left horse, then you would want your traffic, oncoming traffic on your left so that you could really kind of see um, you, you know, see what can you just sit on in. the other horse? Did I miss something? <laughs> you could, but the, again, that comes back to the whole thing with your whip and your on the, and the reins and stuff to be able to. So think about oh, your position. Okay. So you could, that's and you're right. You if you're right-handed, right yeah. if you're left-handed, you know, to cover. I mean, you could do it the other way, but it's kind of like a little awkward forearm. Yeah, thing. no one wants to whip with their left hand. It's much <laughs> yeah. more difficult. Yeah. So either way, so that that's a speculation as to why they might have done this with this, and it does. I mean, I don't know it makes sense. So they, they were the first ones to seem where there's like hard documented evidence to switch because at the time America was uh, similar to Britain, uh, obviously being a former uh, colonies. They they had the, and Britain, I think it was in the 1700s, actually did pass a law that the keep left was the was the rule of the road uh, in all the, the colonies and everything too. So, but then you had the Teamsters, they switched it. And then very quickly after there actually started to be some laws passed. So for the first one was in 1792 in Philadelphia which there was a few sections of Philadelphia that they passed law where if you, uh, it was high traffic area where you had to do the, uh, the keep right. Um, and that kind of very quickly spread. And so that was like right after the revolution and all that. So people have speculated, maybe it was also like, yeah, let's get rid of these things if, Britain does. If there's one thing we can all agree on a good idea, it being a good idea, every country should be, you know, the same system throughout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be good. But and oh, there was also speculation that it was like, you know, because France helped out in the revolution a bit. So maybe it was like, uh, you know, joining their French brethren to cast off the keep left. And so it's quite an unusual way of like showing allegiance to a country. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Sending a monument, giving some aid? No, no, no. We're going to drive the same side of the road as you guys. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I think. Great. I think what that's speculation. That speculation maybe just makes people more open to the change because people hate change. But it's like, oh, yeah, it's different. From Britain or whatever, yeah. but uh, but it's probably more the practical reasons, like the the large freight wagons. And of course, if you're driving a large freight wagon, everyone's going to follow you. You rule the road, so yeah. if you're doing something, everyone's going to have to do it too. Mm. So yeah, that's probably more reasonable. But so this might uh, have you have you wondering why the French switched, and and that is not actually clear at all <laughs> at all. So the French Revolution, it did happen right I feel after. Like this is possibly the least clear episode we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. So well, we know that, because of this, might be because of that. Yeah. We know that we know when it happened in this case, it was right after the French Revolution. So they definitely there's something to do with that. You know, like uh -huh. some people speculated that the French revolutionists didn't want to do anything that the Pope had previously decreed. Uh, and of course, you know, French, the French, they hate the English. So maybe so the, like, the whole system of why we drive on one side of the road or the other. <laughs> Just yeah. because we were angry at the people who were driving the other way. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And that, that is the thing because, so how did, how did the rest of Europe, like how did this spread? And it turns out, one, the Nazis. <laughs> Number two, uh, before the Nazis, there was Napoleon doing his, his thing, going throughout and uh, so conquering. And the regions he conquered, they of course would switch to the keep right. He would force them to do so. And most of the countries after, after this would, would just, just kept it, you know, probably just practical. We already made switch. And one of them, the most important was Germany, because then when Germany goes and eventually conquers a bunch of nations in Europe, they forced 
the nations they conquered to also do the keep right. So all the all the other keep lefts were having to go. And so this this of course brings to the UK uh, was not conquered, and so uh, by by Germany. And so it God kept... save us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And and some of the neutral nations weren't as well. So, um, which is going, I think that's where we're going next. One moment. Oh, no, I have another section. We'll get to that. I'm excited about this. Next we're going to get, we're going to talk about uh, one particular neutral nation and how they actually ended up making the switch later. Uh, was it Switzerland? Uh, no, it was Sweden, oh, actually. I just I know, feel right? when you're talking about neutral countries, it's got to yeah. be Switzerland. Yeah, it was, it was Sweden in this case, but um, close enough. Yeah, They're before we with an S and a W. Before we talk about that, and I probably should put that here, but I'm just going to go with what I have. Uh, so before Stick that, to the when, plan. Yeah, when we switch to uh, from wagons to cars, uh, so this I, I just it's a little aside on like why why do we do the steering wheel on the on the sides we do? It turns out, uh, I mean, of course it was thought, you know, it's partially to be for the similar reasons as the wagons they thought. Um, so it's better to avoid a head-on collision with another car than it is to like, uh, you know, if you hit a curb or something. So you want the driver on the side closest to the oncoming thing, oncoming mm-hmm. traffic, so you can, you can more accurately judge. So that, that is why on the keep left, you know, you have the, you have the steering wheel on the right and vice versa. So, but it turns out when cars were first being made, it was just random. And actually a lot of them were in the center. They would put the steering wheel in the very dead center of the car, which I think like the Tesla Semi does that now, which is really weird. That doesn't seem good. McLaren, uh, isn't McLaren F1? Was uh, is it one seat in the front, two seats in the back? It was the oh. F1, right? Um, I'm sure someone in the comments will correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, hugely expensive car. I remember yeah. it being in the news one time because Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson, crashed one. Like he had it for oh. a week or something, and it was you know multi-million pound car. Yeah, I think that was Elon Musk. Didn't he have one where he was borrowing? He was driving with a friend of his. This was before he was really huge, and then he spun it on the key, floored it when he was doing like sixty, and it just spun around on the freeway. Uh, the McLaren F1? I think it was a McLaren F1. And I think you're right. You remember they had to hitch, they had to like hitchhike home because they had wrecked it. Uh, (laughs) And then, yeah, this was before like he was the Elon Musk of today. He was, he was wealthy, but I think it was. Wait, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) This was McLaren. Post post PayPal, pre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah, I think it was right after PayPal. I can't remember who owned the car, but either way, either way, apparently, you know, didn't have good traction control. (laughs) So either way, so they they were in the center, and that what changed here is, and and most of them actually in America were so you had you had the 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 keep right, but they would put the steering wheel on the right, similar to to modern day like in Britain or whatever. And this mm-hmm. this seemed the way that most manufacturers liked this, and presumably it's because you didn't have power steering and stuff on a lot of these. So you had, uh, I mean, the early cars you didn't have it on any of them. So you you know you want your stronger dominant hand on the steering wheel and your other hand on the shifter instead of vice versa. So um, that that's kind of why it's thought it was favored this way, even though there, there's the, you know, the oncoming traffic advantage. But it turns out, either way, Henry Ford, he liked it the other way. He liked the steering wheel on the left side for, for a keep right. And so he did that. And then everyone, of course, once the Model T and everything came to dominate, everyone just followed suit after that. And so this, this brings us around to um, Sweden. So they had, it turns out Sweden, in one day, they switched everybody from the keep left to keep yeah. right I remember and, this story. Did we do a yeah. video about this, maybe? I don't think so, but I mean, you probably did it in like top tens or biographies. Not biographics, but thousands of videos. <laughs> yeah, it really is because we got like 1,500 on this day. I found out what are you up to on yeah. top tens is like 1,800. And then biographics, what is that? Like a few, a few hundred? hundred at least. Highlight history, like 50. True. Visual politic. Yeah. Everyone should go subscribe to Highlight History. They awesome. should. 
We're at like 50,000. It's going pretty well. Highlight yeah, history. That's fast. YouTube search it, you'll find it. Yeah, so, uh, so Sweden, obviously, in World War II, um, which I actually didn't know this. I didn't know Sweden was also <laughs> neutral in World War II. I'm sure you knew this, but they... Yeah, I'm they... sure I knew this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just figure you probably know, have a better grasp of like European history and stuff. I, was, I knew Switzerland and like Spain and whatnot. Like Spain was neutral, right? Dude, well. Don't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they had Franco, right? They must have been because Spain wasn't, uh, they didn't, I think they kept the keep left for <laughs> post-World War II. My history knowledge is bad. Either way, either way, Sweden, I didn't, I didn't know this. And the, Sweden was playing both sides. Like the, they were supplying a lot of the iron ore and stuff to Germany, which was critical to the German war effort. Mm. But at the same time, they were also like, like doing stuff for the, for the allies as well. Uh, so they were, they were kind of playing both sides on, on that. Either Smart. way, <laughs> yeah, they're making good money on it, I'm sure. Yeah, and no um, one's like, no one today is like, bloody Sweden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those um, Nazi lovers. <laughs> yeah, they, they did, they played both sides, just making money on everybody. Uh, so they had the, what do you think, Dagen Hogger Traffic? I don't know, but that's like the longest word I've ever seen. Or Dagen H or H Day, which is way easier. But either way, it means right traffic day. And so they made this switch. It turns out, though, and it was in uh, 1955 at first, they were trying to, to make the switch. Uh, so the government flowed. Oh, wait, is Dagen Hogger traffic not one word? Oh, it's two words. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. There's a super long word elsewhere in the script um, or the guide for today's Yeah, episode, it is. Which is oh, <laughs> it's coming up. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm yeah. afraid of that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the so yeah, so humans hate change, of course. And so when the government, the, the problem was, is most of the nations, of course, having been conquered by Germany at this point, we're all at the keep right, but but Sweden was keep left, and they they had something like 10 million cars or something crossing the border in the 1960s, and they're, they're like, this is a problem. Everyone having to switch, and so they, we should just switch to to right hand too. So there are just... places in the world where this still happens. Um, yeah, there's I one think... nation. One nation, actually, the one one's half of the nation, it starts with a T, I can't remember, uh, does does one, and then the one half does the other. And so when you just cross in the nation itself, you have to just switch. Um, wow, that's bizarre. It's, it doesn't seem to cause problems, but, you know. No, they have... Uh, I must have done something about this, because I remember looking this up. I think it's uh, Thailand and its neighbor, Laos. When you cross over... You have to, I think a lot of it's divided by a river or something, but then, mm -hmm. you know, when you drive over the bridge or whatever, they have like special areas where you can like turn around and get yeah. on the other side of the road. Oh yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like too much of a, of an issue. No, I just kind of switch in and it's fair once you get used to driving on both, like you've, you've, you know, you drive in Britain and you drive in right, right to keep yeah, right. So I'm does that ever, competent at doing both. did it take a while to get used to it or does it take a while for your brain to adjust or does it just kind of no, happen? Naturally? It's really easy. <laughs> Yeah, so and I'm not a particularly good driver. <laughs> yeah, and it, it really seems if you look at the data, it doesn't really seem like this causes anyone any problems. But at this time in Sweden, they were worried about it causing problems because it was the, the traffic across was expected to double and they thought it would cause lots of problems in the in. So the government was really pushing for this. But it turns out the people, they held a little, uh, you know, a vote and the people only 17 percent approved of the of the switch uh, to make a switch but the government was but they did it anyway <laughs> yeah the government wanted it done anyway for for you know democracy at work yeah they thought like safety reasons and whatnot so they they really pushed it not only they actually sponsored like underwear ads and stuff with like scantily clad women with like underwear that oh, had wow. the little the little what was it dog dog and h on it they had the h day logo and stuff and and on like milk cartons they were like 
really going to town on this and trying to also convince the people with like logic and stuff. They were so they one thing they were saying is, okay, so you have these countries coming in with their cars on the, with the steering wheel on the wrong side. So they again pushing this like we're probably going to be more head on collisions and stuff like that and people mm. not used to driving. And again, like the data doesn't really show that this was ever actually a problem, but you know, they thought it was. So they were they were pushing this and so that brings us to the the Statens Hugger Traffic Commission. I, it actually it's a really long word, but it, it is it, that's probably in the ballpark, right? I think it, it cuz it it seems just like three words that have been smashed together, like hogger or whatever that is. And then that's like when we were when we were in Amsterdam, all the signs, it was just like someone mashed their hand on the keyboard to come yeah. up with these street names. <laughs> and it was just like, I don't know. What I think does this mean? <laughs> yeah, that what was it? The the video editor for was it Wendover? He was mm -hmm. joking about that. Like I was like, so when you see it, because he's, you know, from there, I was like, does it look like just like random characters to you? And he's like, he was like, I mean, yes and no. He was like, I totally see what you're saying. Cause yeah, it does kind of look like that. But you know, he just naturally I feel like it was it. lots of characters and and too many J's. But you Germany's know, I, Germany's pretty famous for putting words together. Oh like yeah, this. yeah. Because um, can't you have like infinitely long words in German? Like in I think theory. So. Yeah. I saw there's a what was it? Uh, the Don't Trust the Rabbit YouTube channel. She had a the video on that. I'm like, I've never heard of that. What is that? It's I don't know. I I just seen that video. I don't know okay. if it's like a good channel, but that video just because it was it was something to do with like how how to make like soup or what's the longest word in German or something, and it was just like. I think I think she her she posited that it could be infinite, but this was like a long time ago, and she was she had like some word that was just like that filled up the whole page that she had made. Either it way, doesn't matter. But they it doesn't get matter. Long. Yeah. So so this this they pushed it in 1963, and uh, they they convinced the populace, and this they just pushed it through. So when 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 this actually happens, so and now we are skipping. So the ultimate cost of this. So what did they have to do? I mean, you think about the practicality of this. They would have to switch. I mean, it's not just like everybody drive on the other side. So you have all these cars, one that are, that are now going to be different in the future. You got buses, like bus stops have to switch because you got to have the doors on the opposite side. So you're not having people walk across. So bus stops have to be on the opposite side. Oh, uh, yeah, there's going to be so much stuff. On and off ramps, stoplights, uh, of signs, all this stuff. Uh, also, like uh, even just the headlamps on cars, uh, which actually this was another reason they headlamps pushed. on cars. What? Oh yeah. yeah. So Hang on. When I was a kid, if you went to if you drove from the UK to the continent, there were these weird stickers you'd put on your headlights. Yeah, exactly. Wait, what do those do? It's because they they would direct the the light kind of directs kind of off a little bit, and so it you does? can see. Yeah, so so you can kind of see more off the road a little bit, but you're not blinding the people. Uh, in the in the oncoming lane, but if you're from a country with the opposite side, it's faced the wrong way. So it's like literally just blinding the people, the oncoming people, especially if you have rights on and stuff like that. And so this was this. I don't think that's a thing anymore, is it? I think so. I think lights no. they still adjust it like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they no. wouldn't just do straight ahead. No, I bet you totally. Because at some cars, the fancy ones will even have the the lights will adjust like as you're turning. I, I bet you they're still calibrated to kind of shine off and then kind of like right on the line and off. Yeah, but we're not putting stickers on our lights anymore. No, no, no. The continents. Well, I don't know. I've I've never been to the UK, so. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can so believe either, it, or it's, maybe it's automatic or whatever. Yeah. So this this was a thing that was annoying people with cars coming in to to Sweden at the time because they're mm -hmm. you know the lights were pointed the wrong way. So either way, that actually the cost of this only only it was uh, forty million pounds, which in modern money is about six hundred and forty eight million uh, pounds, which is expensive. Yeah, but, you know, but 
I, you know, they thought it for was something that it seems like it wasn't entirely necessary. Yeah, well, I mean, they thought it was. So preparations for the switch. So of course, like we said, they so they they would have to put up all these traffic lights and change the signs. But what they would do would put black plastic bags over them um, until the actual switch happened. So Makes you sense. wouldn't confuse confuse the drivers. And then they had to the road lines, which were they 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 had to cover some of them. So they used this black tape. And which I was thinking about that it had to be like a banner year for some Swedish oh, yeah. tape company, which is like this is Swedish train for did extremely well. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they were covering all this. So this they're covering all up so that on the day they can just make the switch in one day. So they also, of course, they wanted to notify people. So they sent out like twelve million letters uh, and uh, signs everywhere. So when when they're actually just gonna... in case you didn't notice, yeah. Yeah, and in the newspapers, everything, because it was very specific because they had from 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. on September 3rd, 1967 was when this finally uh, happened. Anybody who is non-essential traffic, and I don't know what how they deemed this, but was not allowed to drive at that time. So, and then at 4.50 a.m. in most places, except for some of the really big cities, everyone who was driving had to stop their car. And then... At five, and then they had to meander on over however they needed to the other side of the road. And then at 5 a.m., precisely 5, they were allowed to start driving again. Um, and so this is how that happened. Then it, in some of the bigger cities, they, they did it a little. They had to extend the time because there was a lot more switching that needed to be done with um, all the intersections and stuff like that. So they actually extended it uh, all the way up to, I think it was, yeah, it was uh, 10 p.m. the night before until 4 p.m. on that Sunday was in the, in the bigger cities is what they did to give them extra time. And it took 150,000 volunteers were deployed to help make it happen along with 8,000 uh, government officials and workers and stuff. Volunteers. Um, yeah. Wow, people in Nordic countries are very civic-minded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if I'm going to volunteer, it's going to be for like a homeless shelter or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Not like, what do you volunteer for? Well, there's a load of black tape stuck over all of these yeah. lights. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. And so, and as you might imagine, when once they, the ban was lifted, everyone could start driving. Everyone hit the road because everyone wanted to try it out, you know? Um, so there's some major traffic jams. <laughs> <Woo! at first. laughs> yeah. This is so weird. I wonder um, what this is like. <laughs> yeah. um, and, but what well, it was interesting. And so you might think there might have been like a spike in accidents, but it turns out the opposite happened. And for like a little while, the accident rate went down. And in the coming months, incredibly careful. Yeah, everyone was being so careful. And then over as weeks and months passed, it went back up to the normal. But it turns out, but they did initially see a pretty sharp drop in ac traffic accidents and stuff from people being careful. And this is the same thing. I think we've mentioned this before on the podcast, but uh, so if you were using a, a crosswalk with, the, with just the little lines, uh, it turns out you're much more likely to be hit by a car if you're using that than if you're just walking randomly and jaywalking. And it is because... As the, there was a study in New Zealand that was looking at this. Uh, it is because people who are using the crosswalk don't pay attention. People who are just crossing the road randomly do. And so you're 28% uh, less likely to be hurt, uh, to be hit by a car injured when just randomly walking across the road than using a crosswalk with of no... Of course. I, yeah. This makes perfect sense. I was, yeah. I was driving home the other night. It was maybe 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, empty road, middle of nowhere, and I'm following someone. And, you know, the speed limit will change and they'll slow down plenty of time for the new sign. And then they'll be going exactly at the speed limit or no, even slower than the speed limit. And they'll be indicating like with plenty of distance. And I was like, if I were a cop, I would pull you over so fast because <laughs> yeah. it's 10 o'clock yeah. on a Friday night and you're driving way too safe. <laughs> You've had a couple <laughs> of drinks. <laughs> so you're worried about getting pulled over. Yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. So 
The so, lesson yeah. there is drinking makes you a safer driver. Yeah. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. really. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, so it turns out Britain, as you might imagine, was watching this switch very closely. Sweden to see how it would go. And even though, though, it went I know really how this smoothly, one ends. Yeah, they did not. They didn't do it. <laughs> they decided not to because you can, I mean, Britain doesn't quite have the, the problem of just like crossing island. the border. Yeah, exactly. So you don't have quite that traffic problem. And it, and it turns out there was estimates done in Britain and it turned out it would probably cost about seven times what it cost in Sweden. So you think in, in modern dollars, it was almost 700 million pounds. So seven times wow. that. Uh, so th they just wow. didn't really see the point. Uh, it seemed kind of pointless to do as um, today. And so of course, Britain, of course, spread the keep left you know, that a lot of the former or current British colonies and stuff are um, uh, under British rule. They, they, a lot of them keep the keep left still. So that's still a thing, but most nations are keep right at this point. So interestingly though, a little, a little um, nod for the keep left countries, it turns out, according to a study in 1969 by JJ Leeming, keep left nations actually have a slightly, a slightly lower head on collision rate. Yeah, because we're thought, better drivers. Yeah. <laughs> it's thought to be because you're on the, you're, you're dominant. Most people are right-handed and most people's dominant eye is the right one. And so it's thought that that probably helps. And it's also another speculation in this one. I couldn't find a study. It seems like this would be a really easy thing to actually look up, but no one's done a study on it yet. Is that it's also thought that you're, cause you're right-hand dominant. You would, uh, with your gear shift on the left, you would, you, you have your better fine motor control and stuff like that with your right on the steering wheel. So it seems like that would be really easy. All you need to do is look at manual and automatic cars in those nations that are keep left and then see what the head-on collision rates are. And if because they differ. Okay. Yeah. Because you're changing gear with your left hand. And yeah. So to see if that speculation that people have speculated, that might be one of the reasons as well, besides the dominant right eye. If that's the case, then you'd be able to see that if someone Imagine actually did be a combination study. of these many different things yeah it could could be that as well either way keep left you have, you have a slightly less chance of having a head-on collision but otherwise not really that different there you go so yeah. if anything if a, if a lesson can be learned do nothing yeah well it's fine it's a little like people should go watch the um so why doesn't the uh the us switch to the um metric system metric system and it's a little bit like the britain thing is like um it doesn't really fit to do it officially there's really not a lot of point and it would also be really expensive um and everyone's probably like coming up with their arguments right now go watch the video it's like 20 minutes long we explain everything in yeah. great detail it does yeah. make sense and i don't know i grew up with both because we yeah. have a weird double system in the uk yeah. i get it like and and your argument, your, i feel your argument for temperature in fahrenheit is particularly strong because oh, it's yeah. a more incremental scale yeah, um, because Fahrenheit was, was Fahrenheit was built more for human body temperatures that we live in, whereas Celsius is just an arbitrary, you science, know, yeah, yeah, for science. And so that I mean, it makes sense that it would be slightly better for humans because it's it's literally calibrated to be on the scale yeah. that humans can you know survive or be comfortable in, reasonably comfortable. But on uh, the other hand, metrics yeah. quite you know. Well, yeah, well that that was the point too. Is that, that yeah, that was the point too. Is that the U.S. has already switched to the metric system? It's just like in every way that matters, it's already yeah. made the switch. And it's just all the ways that don't matter that, <laughs> that, it, that it hasn't changed in the end. So, and I think, I, as, as I said in that one, it, it, what really annoys people, I think it's just that because when you're, there's so many websites that are American based and, and catered to the American audience. So they'll put like the feet instead of meters and that just drives people crazy. I think that's really the only reason anyone cares. Oh, well, watch so, the video. It's a good video. It is. That was, that was a good one. Bonus facts. We're going to do a few bonus facts. So. People, I don't know if people know this. It turns out the, uh, well, most people I think know this in, in water, international regulations. If you're on a boat, 
it is the keep right, the same as cars in many nations. Mm -hmm. And it turns out the reason for this one, and this has been historically true, uh, and it was because the steering oar used to always be on the uh, right-hand side of the boat. And so if you're in a narrow channel or a harbor or whatever, and you're passing, you want to do the keep right to make sure your steering oars don't hit, which would mm -hmm. be really bad because then you wouldn't be able to steer anymore. Uh, and you would just- there is, like, there is another important rule as well when it comes to sailing craft, because yeah. they often have massive differences in size. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. like if you're in your little dinghy and that cruise ship's cruising along, it's not yeah. going to give way to you. <laughs> no, planes actually have the planes also do the keep right. Uh, in that one, it's more like they actually have an order of preference. So if you're like a balloon, you have a, or a glider and stuff, you have you know presumably let or balloon particularly, you don't really have a lot of yeah. Like, give though. way, balloon! I can't. I'm controlled by the air. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it is. So you know, you have your your tiers of control there of, of who gives way to who but either way it is a keep right but um so <laughs> the a terrible plane accident because someone didn't give way to a balloon <laughs> yeah yeah and you literally have the whole sky just like yeah pick some and you can go up or down like yeah. it's not oh man i was i was on a plane the other day and i was just I was staring out of the window maybe more than i normally do just staring yeah. staring staring and a plane comes right underneath i didn't realize i mean it sounds like I've never been on a plane before, but it was really close. Well, that's, you have to have the, there's, there's the minimums, especially, was it um, an airliner or a small plane? Uh, was it a what, sorry? Was it an airliner or a small plane? Yeah, 737. Oh, okay, so yeah, well. Yeah, it was like right underneath. And then you really got a perspective of how fast these things go because, yeah, it was, it was right there. It was I mean, like, ATCs, hard to judge, but. ATCs directing them, so. Yeah, I yeah, I'm they, sure it was completely safe, but I was like, wow. You know, well, because you have like the wake turbulence, close. like if they didn't time it quite right and you, you get, if you're that close underneath and the wake turbulence sinks and you go through that, I mean, it's not going to, it's going to be some it's major turbulence. It's not like I can see the whites of the pilot's eyes, but it was like, it, you know, it wasn't off in the distance. Well, no, but you know, if it, if it's time, like if you're in a little plane and, and you get in that wake turbulence, like the, so if it like sinks, if it goes off, it could have gone off like, you know, a few minutes before, like it's way over there and you get in that. It's just gonna, it, it can literally just flip your plane over because uh, you know, have this swirling in the wake turbulence from the, from the wingtips and stuff. Yeah. So either way, either way, that's getting off. <laughs> I like how you're like, you know, the swirling off the wingtips is like, no, Damon, I don't have a pilot's license, but you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's just like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure like real, real <laughs> engineering or somebody. For us pilots. <laughs> have you been flying since you got your license? I have not because Drew has kept us really busy. <laughs> <laughs> Drew's uh, are business development guy who gets us out yeah. <laughs> and in this much particular i keep looking at our my to-do list for like every day and literally have like that nervous laughing that you get you know when you're just like <laughs> you're looking at that being like yep i just look at my to-do list i just get straight to heart palpitations <laughs> speaking yeah. of what's next <laughs> uh, so one interesting thing here so in planes you're you, it's just like in cars so you have the, the keep right and so just like in a, a lot of cars so you're the the captain sits on the left right like people know this but an interesting thing is helicopters they do it all the right other way. mr pilot we <laughs> they, they do it the other way where the 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 captain sits on the right side despite that they too abide by the keep right and so i was curious to why that is um so looked it up and so we have the uh, curator of the vertical flight in the aeronautics division of the National Air and Space Museum, a guy named Roger Connor. He explains why, why, how this came to be. And it primarily because the first mass produced helicopter was the R4. And so in, in any aircraft, so weight is 
hugely important, mm-hmm. and in this one particularly. And so we have a nice quote from Connor explaining why. He says, the R4 was intended as a trainer, but was so underpowered that Igor Sikorsky was looking for any potential savings in weight. So Igor and his engineers decided to let the instructor and the student share a single collective lever. The only place to put it was there in the middle between the two seats, given the coordination and strength required to manipulate an R4 cyclic for any length of time, thus the dominant hand was preferred on the control. The students always flew from the right. Yeah, and so the cyclic controls are the ones that do like the attitude and direction of movement. So like if you want to, if you're if you're moving forward and you, you want to like turn left, so kind of... Ah, so like the, I'm trying to think on Xbox, like it's the, you know, you've got your not the yeah, so like on, pad, but the on planes you have like the yeah on planes you have like ailerons and, and rudder and all that so this, this is kind of somewhat equivalent dude i'm just ha- trying to put it into terms i understand yeah Xbox. A, <laughs> well i thought this was really cool because i actually didn't know how this worked exactly so like i knew like it changes the angle of the pitch of the blades right in the helicopter but the cool thing about this and it's like amazing how fast this must happen uh, so what it does is so when you adjust it right so the blades will adjust but all independently of one another, they're not all adjusting to the same angle, which is, I mean, kind of what I would have maybe assumed, but obviously when you really think about it, no, that can't be the case. So what happens is, so you have this, the blades are going around in the circle, right? And Mm -hmm. so when they're at a specific point in the circle, they'll be at, you know, whatever, whatever, I don't know what degree, but like just say five degrees. And then they'll adjust as they're going around, they have to change. And then the other blades, as they come, when they hit that exact point, they will also be at five degree at that point. So as it's spinning around super fast, these blades are just moving, you know, very rapidly to change their pitch angle, which is, I don't know, that's crazy how fast that must happen. And like the, the mechanics behind that are- It is pretty cool. cool. I mean, up to this point, I just assumed helicopters worked with uh, magic. So yeah, basically, <laughs> apparently. And so, and then the other, <laughs> the other one, the collective control, that one actually will, that's, that's the, as you described on the left side there, uh, where, well, when you just have one in the center, that would be, um, when you it basically adjusts increase or decrease lift so it actually makes all the blades change to an equal pitch and so they all change at the same amount and then you know it can increase or decrease lift or it like if you're pitched forward then it will cause you to go faster and all that mm-hmm. good stuff mm-hmm. so basically in the helicopters unlike planes so if you trim a plane perfectly you can just let go and the plane naturally will want to fly straight and level what does uh, trim mean <laughs> so basically if you just adjust something and then yeah. you adjust something. And then if you adjust it right, the plane will just want to fly straight and level exactly as you left it. You can literally just let go. And, and even if you're not trimmed correctly, the, just the design of the plane. So let's say you're not and the plane, you let go of the controls and the plane starts to go down. Well, what's going to happen is the plane will speed up. And then as the plane speeds up, it, it kind of you know, changes the airflow and everything. And your lift actually increases there. And so it will just level out naturally. Oh, okay. uh, and so the planes are, they're literally, well, most planes, not all. There's some jets and stuff that are actually designed to be flown instably, but a, a good the design. Eurofighter. I do, we did a video about this, or I did a video about this. How oh. it's like, it will, if, it, if its computer goes off, you're screwed because it, you know, it's designed <laughs> oh, to yeah. be a mess. Yeah. And then it's got this crazy computer on board that corrects all these tiny things and keeps it yeah. unstable on purpose. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, so if it, if it, for most planes though, they're designed to be ex- incredibly stable. So you can just let go and they'll kind of, they'll not just nosedive into the ground type of thing. They will naturally try to stay flying on their own. And if it's trimmed perfectly, then you'll just literally, you can let go and do nothing. And it'll just, I mean, the winds can affect it and turbulence and stuff. But yeah. Until yeah. you reach the but, edge of the earth and then. You- yeah. Yeah. 
but a helicopter, a helicopter is, is, or at least the R4 anyway, um, I'm sure modern helicopters are quite different, especially like the fly-by-wire and stuff. But the, the R4 apparently... <laughs> Absolutely, took, that fly-by-wire. Yeah. We all know what that is. <laughs> That's where you don't have a direct cable like connecting, so it's like all computer controlled. So you move, almost like you're just moving okay. a joystick on your, your thing. So either way, so that, and that one wouldn't have like this R4, it took a lot of strength, as he said, to hold. And so you, and you can't just let it go on the helicopter in, in the R4 anyway. Again, I don't, I don't know what modern helicopters, but you couldn't just let go. Even if it was trimmed, right. It would, you know, you had to hold on to it the whole time. So you wouldn't want to ever let go. So you wanted your strong, you know, you needed a, your stronger arm was better, uh, and whatnot. And then you had your, your left arm. So people just sat in the right hand. So they had their, their weaker and less dominant arm to do the, you know, random stuff. Uh, and they had their strong arm uh, on the control at all times. So that, that is basically uh, why in that one, why they, all the students and people learn to, to fly in the right. And so then how did this actually catch on? Can I just ask you a question? Will you know the answer to this? So like in movies, you know, when they're flying like a, you know, a 747 or whatever, and there's those scenes where he's like, you know, they're like, pull up, pull up. And they're like pulling back on the joystick or whatever it is. Super hard. Is that actually a thing? Well, it would be on some planes. Like it would, t- it definitely takes more pressure, like uh, on a lot of planes. But I would guess on like a lot of the modern, like the fly-by-wire, which they all are. I would guess like all the commercial ones, like the the big ones. I know like the Airbus do a lot. My flight instructor used to complain about that one, uh, the way they do their controls. They have some weird things. But Boeing was more feel. But I would assume they're also. I would assume nowadays, no, I, it wouldn't take a lot of. You know, there's probably some yeah. built-in pressure. But there's not going to be like the captain's like, I can't do it, I can't do it. It would depend, like if, if it's an older plane or even I guess some of the Boeings might, I don't know. I don't know what the, I've, I've not ever flown a commercial thing, but I would assume it's all computer controlled at this point. And so it probably has like some pressure, but not like, not like actually, I bet you it's fly by wire, I would guess on most modern. I feel but like there's a lot of, there's a lot of really old planes still flying. So on some of them. Do you, do you watch that Captain Joe YouTube channel where the, the captain I have the seen it, but yeah, no, I haven't. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a question for Captain is, Joe. Is Captain Joe the one, is he the, the Austrian guy or is he the, the one with the black hair? I didn't even know. I just see it recommended to me all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, he probably from my channel. Uh, from yeah, yeah, because yeah, we share like the Today I Found Out login. So yeah, I see all of like, your flying recommendations. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I think he's Austrian. I like that guy better. I don't think he's Captain Joe. I think he's something else, but the, the Captain Joe guy's nice as well. But yeah, he answers questions like that. So, you know, he would, he, they would know. I don't, I don't know exactly. So quote, quote. So why, how did this catch on from there after the R4? Uh, he states, um, wait, who's saying this? I totally lost. <laughs> so Roger Connor from the National Air and Space Museum. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, he says the first generation of U.S. Army Air Forces, Coast Guard and Navy pilots, along with those from Britain and its Commonwealth, who lands on the R4 and its follow on the R6 with also with a single collective flew exclusively from the right. Yeah. So, you know, everyone trained on that, that early one. And so they just kind of caught on and it's stuck around today, even though it's probably like a lot of them today have the dual collectives as well. So it's like not, there's really, you could just do either if you wanted, but I bet if you've been flying, like, I don't know, like I tried to fly with my right hand once and I can't, I tried to actually land the plane with the right. And I very quickly abandoned that because I would have crashed because my right hand can't fly the plane. But my left hand, because you always do left hand because you have like your hand on the throttle and stuff like mm-hmm. that, especially when you're landing. I just, just try to see. And, and yeah, if anything ever happens to my left hand when I'm flying, that's not going to be a good time. <laughs> I should probably practice that um, at some point. But instructors, probably, probably should. 
instructors, they always, you know, they sit in the other side so they get used to it. But so these people, they probably just got used to it and then they don't want to, you know, switch it because you have that fine motor control that your brain just does. Um, so switching hands would be weird. Nice one today. That's where we wrap it up, right? Anything to add? Nope. I think that's everything. We Oh, but we are going to have, and this time it's definitely going to happen. What's weekly that? episodes, weekly episodes. This, oh, uh, this will month. it though? We've promised this before. No, this one has to happen because of Druv. So oh, we have contractual obligations to sponsor us. <laughs> so thank everyone can thank Druv. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, uh, well, in that case, we'll definitely be back next week. Um, I mean, it might not be like, There'll definitely be four episodes this month. It might not be like... So, 26, 27, 20? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's a possibility. Uh, um, I'm just going to find those people who won the contest and repeat their names. Am I? Yes. Uh, Angel Colina, Swagness, RJ, and Candy Sugar Baby. <laughs> Please send me an email, simon at todayfoundout.com, and we will sort you out with your respective prizes. In the meantime... If you'd like to be in for a chance to win our next prize at a thousand reviews of a thousand dollars Amazon gift card, how exciting! Uh, leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. It doesn't matter where you are, which country, any of that stuff, what platform. And everyone, hi. everyone who is watching on YouTube and has made it to this point, go go listen in future on the podcast side because we like that a little. It's better. edited. It's a bit more it's edited. Yeah. It's, it's sound. Uh, Joel makes our voices sound awesome and. Yeah, you know, producer Joel. Yeah. And uh, we, I always feel because like we delete the little pauses, we always sound yeah. just a little bit quicker witted. Yeah, we do. And like, sound like we really know what we're talking about yeah. more than this. There's no pause. Like, where's that quote? It's like immediately. There it yeah. is. Or you like cut out the part where it's like, is that, is that what it was? Let me yeah. look that up. I have been entirely neglecting the comments this episode. I apologize to everyone. I, I mean, Oh, wait, I've got to wrap up the podcast first. So I'll say thank you very much for listening and we'll end it here. See you soon. God save our <laughs>